0: Earl Weaver told us when a guy would hit into a double play, um, you know, or whatever, he goes, you know, help us. Now, I can't tell you the language, but he would, you know, um, you know, strike out, pop up, save us an out. So Earl knew that you only get 27 outs. So right. I'm all into analytics, but they're not the end all end all. You know, in pitching, if you don't have a good wind up and you can't throw the low and away fastball, which means you have a good windup. I don't know how you can be successful.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. You just heard from Hall of Famer Jim Palmer, who's also a member of the 2023 class of the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. On today's show, you'll hear founder of the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame, Sean Clancy, interview Jim Palmer back in 2021 on the show, The Crack and the Bat, What I love so much about this interview is that it starts with the state of the Orioles back in the fall of 2021, and Jim looks ahead at the success he hoped would be on the horizon for Baltimore. Of course, he has to be pleasantly surprised two years after this interview. As I mentioned, Jim Palmer is a member of the 2023 class of the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. He joined Jim Leland and John McSherry in that 2023 class. Well, it's already time to start looking ahead to 2024. dues paying members of the Irish American Baseball Society are free to start nominating candidates right now, and gold members will be able to vote on who gets inducted next year. When you think about everything going on with the Irish Wolfhounds baseball team, the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame, and with all of the merchandise discounts and special events awarded to members, there has never been a better time to become a member of the Irish American Baseball Society. Head to irishbaseball.org right now to join in what we are accomplishing. Right now, I'm going to turn things over to Sean Clancy as he talks to Baltimore Orioles legend, Jim Palmer.
2: Hi, I'm Sean Clancy. Welcome to Crack in the Bat, which is a, a little interview section that we do for the Irish American Baseball Society. The Irish American Baseball Society is a society of um, Irish people who love baseball and baseball people who love Ireland. And I am delighted to be joined today um, by Hall of Famer, uh, Jim Palmer. Jim, thank you for taking the time to, uh, to do this with us. Well, you're welcome. My pleasure. You're with you so you're broadcasting the Orioles, which having been uh, been Mr. Oriole, I mean, it's got to be tough to watch what you're watching now. But I mean, there's some good young players on that team. There's some. Do you see? Do you see a turning point coming? Well,
0: I hope so. You know, I mean, Michael Elias came over from the Astros. You know, he started, went to Yale. Uh, it was a scout with the, the Cardinals. Went to. With Jeff Luno went down to uh, Houston. Um, he was, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff happened in Houston. A lot of bad stuff yeah. happened in Houston. Uh, but he came to the Orioles with winter of 2018. So they're trying to rebuild through their minor leagues and draft system. Now, you know, what does the draft system um, reward? Uh, being very mediocre. You know, they did it in Houston. Not all those, you know, they got Bregman. Uh, what they got, Correa. They got McCullers who can so they they did well in the draft. Uh, but you know they also made a couple of mistakes and whatever. So it's not a foolproof thing. But you play in the American League East, you know that the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to outspend you. You know now with Rogers' communication that the Blue Jays with a great young bevy of young talent, uh, you know they got what Rayu for eighty million dollars for four years. Uh, you know, they went out and got, uh, you know, uh, Barrios from uh, Minnesota. He's got one more year. So, you know, everybody's going to outspend you. And then, you know, Tampa Bay who won 100 games for the first time uh, and just got beat by the Red Sox. You know, uh, they're going to outthink it. So it's a tough division. But I, you're, you're right. I mean, Cedric Mullins, first 30-30 player in the history of the Orioles. And they, the Orioles had a lot of great players. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, oh, uh, Matt hustle, Captain Swishin in the April and ends up being, you know, hitting 33 home runs, the rookie of the year vote. Uh, Austin Hayes can play the outfield, had a really nice year, hit over 20 home runs. You know, Urias is just a you know fringe player. You know, Mancini came back from yeah. colon cancer, you know, maybe didn't have the year he had what, back in 2019 when he hit 35 home runs, but had a nice year. So they have some good young players. Pitching, it's very tough to pitch in Camden Yards. And they don't, you know, John Means is the real deal. He's a really good pitcher, but they need some arms, so it's going to take a while and, you know, we'll see. And even when you, you know, it's funny when when Earl Weaver never, who was my Hall of Fame manager, he never liked us to throw at guys. And the reason was not that, you know, I mean, he had played, so he knew it hurt when you got hit, but he didn't want anybody on our team to get to get hurt. And when you get into those throwing battles, invariably somebody gets hit in the wrist or the hand or the head or the neck or, you know, the knee or whatever, and they're out. So... We had a guy, Grant Jackson, passed away, what, I think, last summer. And he he throws the ball up and in an Earl race to the mound. He goes, take a look at our third baseman. Is he better than their guy? And he went right around the field. And all our guys were better than the teams we were playing. And then that's why we were in six World Series and nine playoffs and whatever. It's going to take a while for the Orioles to get back to where they can be comparable to, you know, an Aaron Judge in right field who had a great year or whatever. But hopefully they're they're on that road. To, to to doing that, but it's going to be through the minor league draft, and I think if you're a a free agent pitcher, you don't want to go to Camden Yards to pitch because it's a bandbox. It is really small. There's only one pitchers park in the American League East, and that's Tampa.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, the, so as a former player, Hall of Famer, what do do you buy into analytics? Do you think I mean? Do you think it has a part, or are you over? whips and wops and and all these. Uh... Well, no, I mean, whips are important
0: because that's, you know, amount of walks and hits you give up per inning. So that's always, you know, we used to always say, do you give up less hits than innings pips. You know, I mean, I, I probably walked a guy every three innings, you know, Maddox probably walked a guy every 1.8 innings. Um, I'm all for analytics. If it's not the end all end all. I mean, the, the irony of the Orioles is we, I, I I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, like I won my first game in the big leagues for the home run off Jim Bowden playing the Yankees. You know, it came in relief when I was 19 and hit a home run to right field. And um, so I could hit a little bit and I enjoyed hitting. I mean, everybody does when you get a big hit. The year after we all won 20 games in 71 and I won 22 games because it seemed like every time I got a hit, I won a game because I pitched well and, you know, a lot of close games and whatever. So, but Mullins had a great year. Mount Castle had a great year. Austin Hayes came from, you know, being hurt to having a great year. And guess who they fired? The hitting instructor. Oh my gosh. So, and, and he's a fabulous guy. If somebody doesn't pick up Don Long, they're missing the boat. Because, I, and I don't, you know, and again, this is all part of the analytics and the, uh, the, you know, the swing best. I mean, I was talking to Don and maybe this is the reason why you get let go. Even though his young hitters really seem to, uh, you know, have great years. He said, if there's more, if there's there's more to hitting than just um, having a swing vest on and what your what launch angle is and all that. I mean, I saw Ted Williams tap his bat on the plate in 1969 when the when the uh, senators came down from Pompano Beach to play us in Miami. And he said, boys, and everybody ran out there, of course, because it was Ted Williams. He said, six degree upswing and preferably get a good pitch to hit, preferably a fastball. So I don't think anything ever really changes. You still want to get a good pitch to hit. You don't want to swing at pitcher's pitches early in the count. What does a pitcher want you to do? He wants to throw strike one, and then get you to swing at balls. So the guys throw strike one and aren't in the hitter's counts have a better chance of being successful. The hitters that say I don't really have to swing till I get two to strikes, I know my strength. Now, if analytics can help you, I'm all for it. But the amazing thing is, you know, everybody talks about how important runs are, and you know now what we have the three outcomes: we have either home run, strikeouts, or walks, right? And if you go back, I'll, I'll give you two years since they started testing for steroids in 2005 from 2007 to 2021 runs per game are down so you tell me how the new hitting philosophies work let's get the ball in the air let's strike out it's okay now Earl Weaver told us when a guy would hit into a double play um you know or whatever he goes you know help us now I can't tell you the language but he would you know um, you know, strike out, pop up, save us an out. So Earl knew that you only get 27 outs. So right. I'm all into analytics, but they're not the end all end all. You know, in pitching, if you don't have a good windup and you can't throw the low and away fastball, which means you have a good windup, I don't know how you can be successful. Yeah. And we had the highest ERA in the history of the Orioles this year and the pitching coach stayed.
2: Do you think that there's, I mean, I'm hoping at some point that there's going to come a, you know, a, but they'll come and not come to their senses where basically they'll realize that scouting and, you know, plays every bit as much a part as, as, the analytics, you know, uh, we're, we're coming near the end. I have a question from one of our, uh viewers Ed Muirholtz, I so, don't you know, Ed used to be involved with the Baybrook Museum and he, he, so he was asking, you know, he said, you know, he wanted to know what your thoughts were. They said that, you know, now a starting pitcher basically throws 100 pitches, you know, or a lot less, maybe five, six innings, whereas in your day it was anywhere from 125 to 140. You know, you usually want com- complete games or maybe eight innings and then a reliever. Do you think this is because the money they're paying the the starting pitchers or is it the a- analytics with the, uh, you know, like long relief, middle relief you know, designated pitchers roles?
0: Well, I think, you know, what he's probably alluding to is even before you got into analytics, analytics are using the trackman cameras and the reps of Soto cameras where you release points and all that, you know, our cameras were our feel and our touch. You know, one of the, I mean, I used to play a lot of golf with Jim Coddwell Won what, 283 games, 16 straight gold gloves. He said, You're don't you? Just, yeah, you should be. And, I, you know, I want to be on the committee because he only one pitcher won more games for about 16 years in baseball. And that was Bob Gibson. And we know he was one of the all times great. So, with that said, uh, Jim, you say, don't you think it's touch and feel? What they look at now is what your batting average is the third time through the order. You know, there was a great article about 10 days ago about uh, Tyler Kepter, who wrote it in the New York Times about Adam Wainwright, why he's been able to be successful at age 40 because he can pitch. You know, he's not a thrower, he's got a great curveball, throw it in any count, stays out of the middle of the plate, all the things that we were taught now the good pitchers do that but they just look at your batting average the third time through the order and if they have a guy that has a lower batting average uh, against out in the bullpen that guy's coming into the bullpen you know from the bullpen to pitch but you you've seen it you know you saw it in 2019 with houston their their bullpen was exhausted and they you know they had what cole and verlander and all those kind of guys so at the end i mean it, the relievers will, never, you know, they're you know they're like gladiators. They're going to warm up every day and do what they have to do. You saw that, and you're going to see it in the playoffs. And now that we get to the championship series, get a little bit more time to take a breath because it's four out of seven, but three out of five goes really quickly. You know, I mean, you know, and, and you know, Tampa saw that, but they, 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 you know, Snell's playing for Padres. Glassnell got hurt. Morton pitching for the uh, Atlanta Braves, so they lost three really good starters. And they still won 100 games. So you can do it maybe for 162 games. But at the end of the day, I think when you play all the way to the end of October, because everybody said, you know, when the Red Sox won in 2018, none of their starters pitched in spring training. And they said, oh, we're saving them because, you know, we're expecting to be in the postseason again. It's the relievers you need to give time off of because they're exhausted when the years. You know, I mean, my first game in 66, when we won our first World Series, I threw 177 pitches at a home run. And they asked Harry Perkeen, Harry the Cat Perkeen, our left-handed pitcher, had been a great pitcher with the Cardinals, what do you want to see Palmer do? He said, well, I want to get that pitch count down into the 140, 145 range. But that's, you know, and i would had a five inning and a six inning start in spring training in my first game in Fenway where you're trying, you know, it's Fenway Park, Yaz, all those kind of guys. And, you know, you throw 177 pitches because they let you and That's what you did in high school or Pony League or Babe Ruth League in Hawaii or whatever, you know, trying to win a championship. So um, I I just, and I'll leave you with this. I I think anybody that pitched in my area, you learn so much about yourself when you do have to get Carl Yastrzemski and Carlton Fisk and Jim Rice out the fourth time in Fenway Park with a one-run lead. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but now the analytics tell you, okay, how are we going to win, you know, and I still think if – and they baby guys are one of the best young pitchers in baseball is Grayson Rodriguez I don't think he threw over 90 pitches all year now maybe that's the pandemic maybe that's whatever but this guy's going to be really good but if they had told me Jim you only get 90 pitches in Aberdeen South Dakota in 1964 I never would have been in the big leagues the next year because I learned how to pitch the more pitches I threw wow
2: that's pretty you mentioned the race the uh pitching staff that started the postseason for the race um accounted for seven innings of their entire last year yeah completely no General, again they have, they have five five rookies or something like that yeah the under- yeah no 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 starting pitchers. this has been a tremendous honor i do have one last question for you your list of accolades is just tremendous is the one one of those that you're most proud
0: of I think the 20, 20 games, uh, you know, I used to sit with Mike Flanagan, the late Mike Flanagan on the first row of the bulkhead. Oh, Irishman. Oh, yeah. Well, no, fabulous kid. And um, <laughs> so he wins to Cy Young in 1979. It was 23-9. And and, you know, he had, you know, a little he had a little over three runs a game. He had a couple really bad games, you know, seven runs and two and a third innings. And he looks at me when we're starting in 19, 1980. You know, we're leaving Miami to, you know, go to go start the season he says how did you ever win 20 games eight out of nine years i said well you gotta be a little obsessed (laughs) you know when the snow's on the ground or it's halftime and you know when the colts or whatever are playing you you know you put on your running shoes and you go run three miles my youngest daughter kelly used to go run with me when she was seven and she could only stop once and she ended up running marathons and things like that um you know, I, it, 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 just, it's, it was a goal, you know, you want, once you win 20, yeah, you got a $15,000 raise back then, you know, Dave McNally had done that. And, you know, he, he got a, you know, won 20 games, I think it's the first or second 20 game winner. And he got a $15,000 raise. And we go, Hey, if we win 20, we can get a $15,000 raise. And that was always my goal. If you want to sign Young, maybe you get an extra five, you know, that's, that's how hard you had to work for your, your money back then. So it kind of drove you. And, um, you know, I mean, I think the ultimate thing is when, you know, when the guy just won the Cy Young Award looks at you at the next seat and says, how'd you ever do it eight out of nine years? But I think consistency, and that's why I never left the left the Orioles. You know, we had great teams and um, you know, why go anywhere else when all you knew you had to do is figure out how to stay healthy because you were going to have a chance to go to the postseason, which was kind of what Earl Weaver told us every year. We play together and play as one and, you know, use our whole 40 man roster. And it was a great ride.
2: Awesome. Uh, I was looking at it. I thought you were going to say the fact that you never give up a grand slam.
0: Well, that's, you know, that's that wasn't too bad either. <laughs> you know, he once wanted me to, real late in my career, wanted me to walk John Lowenstein to get to Al Oliver to load the bases up. And I told him, I handed him the ball. I said, here, you pitch. I'm going to go manage He says, walk him. And I did. I told Rick Dempsey, another Irishman, I said, Denver, just sit on the outside corner. I'm going to walk. I'll walk in a run. You know, probably, I think about six or seven years ago, Tim Kirchin, who used to write for the Baltimore Sunnies on, you know, yeah, what okay. on the NBA. he comes down and we're on the field early at Camden Yards and he has a, a piece of paper, like, you know, a piece of paper like that. And he and he says, Cakes, he said, the boys up from Bristol, that's ESPN. He's 13 names. He said, they won't, they said, you won't know what these names are. And I looked at the piece of paper and I said, must have been the guys I walked with the bases loaded. He said, I told him you would know. I said, I don't really remember doing that. I just no, that's the only logical answer why you'd have 13 names on a piece of paper so apparently i walked with the bases loaded 13 guys oh. but if you're a math you don't be a math major to know that one's better than four
2: one's better than four that's for sure so last thing you just mentioned cakes so you got that nickname because you like to eat pancakes before you ever start you know a bit like bogs on a chicken do you still like pancakes no well i like them i just don't just you know, them, eat them like that. And did you know? Are, are we just talking plain pancakes, or were you a chocolate chip guy? Or
0: no, no, no. But I will say this: I had blueberry pancakes at the um, uh, what was it? The Sheridan Hotel where we stayed in Boston. You know, they brought them, and I was you know going to try to make the bus and get to the ballpark and pitch that day. We won seventeen to three. So uh, I, sometimes I had to go for blueberry pancakes because we got a lot of runs. It's hard to lose with seventeen runs. <laughs> this was
2: pretty good. Jim, I really appreciate this. Thank you again. Oh, Jim, Sean, my pleasure. For, listening. Uh, for doing this, we will send you a the package. You will now be, you're now a member of the Irish American Baseball Society. And uh, again, well, you know, uh, it's funny, my wife, every time they, they do more and more refined DNA tests,
0: they find out, um, um, you know, <laughs> that, um, that I'm more and more Irish. I'm almost like 100%. And I told you, I had, you told me, how many cousins will I have?
2: Or you'll you end up,
0: with, trust me, you'll end up with 460 Well, hey, do, I, do I have one minute to tell you one quick story? Sure, sure I, you have as long as you want. Pat, Pat on the way, he, he lives up in Orlando. They had gone on a cruise. They're coming for part of my And my wife, Susan, says, well, why don't you meet us at, at uh, you know, at Emerald Dunes, the, Irish Emerald Dunes the Golf Course, and we'll have lunch. So we're sitting there, first thing out of his mouth, because I don't really, you know, it's a nice, you know, it, yeah, this is, what, four or five years ago, so... uh. Jim, you know, uh, what happened in 1969? I said, what are, you, what are you talking about, Pat? He said, oh, the Mets. You know, you know, didn't you lose the World Series to the Mets? I said, no, I put that out of my mouth. My, my mind. I, I don't, <laughs> like it never happened. You know, I mean, you know, they, the Mets had a great year. And, you know, Very we much, beat yeah. Siever in the first game and then lost four in a row. And he, 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 so he tells me, he said, you know, I oh, Jim, I used to come see you at uh, Yankee Stadium. I said, well, you just told me you were a Mets fan. He goes, well, I am, he says, but I hate the Yankees and you used to always beat him. <laughs> so he would come every time I would come to New York and then we ended up being cousins. But, That's you know, nice. he was good friends with uh, Ken Venturi he used to do all kinds of golf, uh, you know, golf events, you know, charity things yeah. and actually Ken would invite him to the Masters. Now I played, I played uh, in Augusta, you know, I played there two days, but never, you know, obviously never there at the Masters, but he said he would actually go up the, with the tower, um, you know, to. When when you know he used to be on on you know doing doing the, I guess it was at CBS for years thirty years or something like that, but he was really good friends with him. But it's and he he was a Gaelic uh, football player. You know they they went they actually went to Ireland and he played in England. So he was quite oh. an athlete. Oh, so it's you know interesting. They will they'll come to Yankee Stadium and you know with uh, all the protocols and all that I'd have you know I'd have to go out before the game or after the game and you know talk to him and all that. It's not like the old days where you can actually have people up in yeah. the booth. But it's it's really kinda nice to meet my cousins. But my you know, the, the more the, the
2: the more again we're trying to test, the more
0: I, you know, Irish I become, you know, having my parents come from what County Clare and uh, County Leitrim.
2: Well, hopefully hopefully when you know just the dust settles and stuff like that we can uh maybe maybe we can get you to come to ireland with us we're hoping to put together a couple of uh irish american baseball society golf uh get-togethers where you can come and golf and, and so, because there's some i mean the scenery is beautiful and uh perfect weather for you're a big golfer and remember the great thing about uh, golfing in ireland especially during the summer is it stays bright till 10 o'clock at night Aha. Uh-huh. So it gives you extra time to look for the More ball. More time to look for the ball, right? Yeah, you know. exactly. Again, thank you very much for this. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your off season, And uh, hopefully before all is said and done, we can get together. Okay, you take care. Take care.
1: We will hear the second half of that conversation in a future episode of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm Rick Becker. Become a member of the Irish American Baseball Society today and play a part in the next class of the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. Go to irishbaseball.org. This has been episode 70 of the Irish Baseball Podcast.